When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Inside Leverage, your gateway to the fascinating realm of the Miami Dolphins. Join us as we delve deep into the team's dynamic Super Bowl journey. We invite you to share your most scorching takes, unwind, and relish in our captivating All right, fan fans, welcome back to another episode of Miami Dolphins Inside Leverage. Tonight, since it's Jets week, we have our Jets guest on. We have uh, Rami Lavi from In-Flight Snack. Is that correct? Correct. Wow, that's a hell of a name. Uh, we named it for Rex Ryan, uh, Bilal Powell, who's my co-host. Uh, he That was his first head coach when he first joined the Jets. So that's the coach who drafted him. Um, Blau Powell, by the way, only career completion came against the Dolphins. Uh, his one pass in his career. Thank you. Thank you. Great, great. Note. Yeah. Great <laughs> yeah. Good, good footnote there. Um, but yeah, we love Rex. And so, you know, his famous hard knock speech, let's go get a goddamn snack. And so that was, uh, that was how we came up with the nah, name. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's dope, man. That's pretty it dope. Is. That's a clever idea. All right. Well, listen, I, I'm going to kick it off here. Let, before, you know, actually, before we kick it off, why don't you give me a little background? Let's see. So um, our listeners can actually know who you are, where you come from, and, you know, uh, just share a little bit about who you are. Uh, so, as you see, name's Rami Lavi. Uh, honestly, I wasn't, I was just a sports fan, big sports fan a few years ago. And then I, during the pandemic, really, I decided I kind of wanted to make it more of a career. Uh, this is the abbreviated version, but I applied for a bunch of jobs in sports, including a sales job at the media company that I currently work for, which is called Odyssey. At the time, it was Entercom. Um, they own CBS Sports Network and WFAN here in New York, um, which is one of the biggest sports talk radio stations in the world. And one of really like the parent, like the, the you know, I, I would say like the father of all sports talk the way it is today was you know mike and the mad dog that they they were on our radio station boomer and carton all those uh shows from all the years and 
Um, I applied there, worked in sales for about a year, realized I kind of wanted to be more involved on the media side. I started my own podcast, just kind of on my own on the side, tried to see if I could actually do this. And then I ultimately did transfer to the media side. I worked for the Ravens and Orioles on the radio for two years in Baltimore uh, before moving back to New York. Um, and now I work for WFAN and CBS Sports Network as a producer, a digital producer. Uh, and this football season, I started hosting the podcast on the Believe Podcast Network for uh, the Jets. And that is uh, the podcast I host with Bilal now. It's kind of been a fun ride. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm friends with guys I grew up watching now, Tiki Barber and Bilal and some other athletes that I grew up watching. And now they're coworkers and friends of mine. And so it's definitely cool. That's kind of my background and uh, just, you know, living the dream. Well, that's good. That's good. Wally, you got a question there for uh, uh I mean, I, I've had enough with the, you know, Bilal Power Dolphin pass. I, I was, I was, that was enough for me. That was, that was a well-breaking point. But yeah. <laughs> Shout out to you, man. <laughs> no, nah, but in all seriousness, that's, that's awesome, man. Like, it, that's, that's who, the interesting part about these podcasts, like you, you can actually take your fandom to another level if you may, like if you really like want to do it. Like so, that's that's what we're trying to do, man. We just got we just got started, so we. I mean, like in this platform, we've been we've been getting our legwork doing Twitter and stuff like that. But that's what's up, man. Tiki and Bilal Power, shout out to him. Uh, I didn't like the years you guys had Rex and stuff like that. That wasn't cool. It wasn't a good Dolphin. It was it wasn't good Dolphin years. I remember you guys were like nine and seven and still making the AFC Championship games. Well, that year actually was um, the year I re- referenced was 2013. The Jets were already out of it, but they went down to Miami Week 17 and knocked the, the Dolphins out of the playoffs. The Dolphins Thank still you. had a chance to make up make Appreciate it. You. Yeah, and Bilal actually the the other play he had in that game was. He invented the tush push. I told him he's the originator because Geno Smith was stopped like a full two yards short on a QB and then, run. And Bilal shoved him into the end zone from behind. You remember that? You remember, you remember the Reggie Bush play, right? Yeah, exactly. And then boom, you guys got away with it. I was I was be I was beyond all you know what I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about it. It's gonna, it's gonna make me mad because I remember that whole game. So it's gonna make me mad. So I told so Bilal he should have. He, he he should have trademarked that because now he'd be making money off it every time the Philly uh, the Eagles run it. Who would have thought, man? Who would have thought? Yeah. You should have marked that. But you know what? I'm, it could have happened to a, it could have it could have happened to a best team, the Jets. It's cool. It's cool. We'll take it. We'll take it that way. Um, actually, one of our one of our guys here, OG uh, Ennis, he's he's from up there. He's from uh, from New York, so I'm sure he's familiar with. A lot of the names and and uh, personalities that that you mentioned uh, up in WFAN. Yeah, let's get down to it, Rami. <laughs> so before the season, a lot of your fans were puffing their chests out, and you know, I tried to tell them, like you know, certain acquisitions was kind of questionable. You go get a forty year old quarterback, get get his wide receiver, but you don't go get nothing to protect them. Because your quarterbacks was running for their life last year. So all I heard was praise for Joe Douglas. He did so great. But we only think about the one draft. And if you get three first-round picks in the draft, you should do okay. But what about the other drafts? Like, who's to blame? Is it Joe Douglas? Is it Woody? Is it Solid? We want to know where's the, the crack in the foundation because – we just keep airing the goalposts getting pushed and nobody wanna 
accept accountability. So maybe you can enlighten us a little bit. Well, it's a weird thing because the real mistake in all of this is the quarterback. Like, not getting Rodgers. Rodgers, I think, was the right move. He was the best available quarterback. And, yeah, you could say he got hurt behind an offensive line that was somewhat shaky, although you didn't expect Elijah Vera Tucker to go down. And he, obviously, Rodgers got hurt long before that. You didn't expect Connor McGovern to go down. Dwayne Brown obviously gets hurt. So ultimately, they got more unlucky than they were bad on the offensive line because those three weeks there, I guess from, I don't know, week three through week six, the offensive line was actually really good. And then McGovern gets hurt again, or not? they all get hurt in Denver, it feels like. I know AVT got hurt again in Denver, and then McGovern gets hurt again. Um, So you're dealing with injuries everywhere. But they did draft Joe Tittman, who's been one of their best offensive linemen. Mekhi Becton has been healthy this year until this week, and he still plans on trying to play on Friday. As recently as today, Robert Sala said he's going to give it a go. He practiced today, even though the initial prognosis said one to two weeks minimum. Um, So I think the offensive line is actually fine or has been fine, but they've used 13 different offensive linemen this year. That's been the problem. And it's not like these guys other than Becton are injury prone guys. And Becton's the one who's actually stayed healthy. Um, But the biggest issue, in my opinion, and I've said this on my show, and I've said this to anyone who will listen is when you make the mistake at the quarterback position, which we all agree is the most important, important position. And you, you draft Zach Wilson, which was clearly a mistake. The problem is not that you drafted him because everyone drafts the wrong quarterback. How many times do you guys get the quarterback wrong? Every team in the NFL gets the quarterback wrong. Look as recently as the 49ers traded up to get Trey Lance and they got it wrong. So teams get it wrong every year. But the question is, are you going to compound that mistake by doubling and tripling down on the mistake and continuing to trot that kid out there? Or like the Niners, are you going to move on? Like the Arizona Cardinals, are you going to move on from Josh Rosen even after only one year? Sometimes you have to move on. The Patriots have benched Mac Jones how many times? Three times already in, up in New England? And they've gone back and forth with him and Zappi. But at least they're holding someone accountable. And my problem is, how can you hold anyone accountable when you don't bench the quarterback? And I don't even know whose decision it is anymore because Robert Sala slowly starting to separate himself from that decision. He said, you know, I have my thoughts. That's what he said this week about Zach Wilson. And two weeks ago, he went on the Michael K show in New York. Obviously, the Yankee broadcaster, Michael K hosts a radio show in New York. And he said... Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I plead the fifth to why we're still starting Zach Wilson. I mean, it sound like this isn't his decision. So is it is it Joe Douglas's decision? I don't know. He went out and go, traded for Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know if it's Joe Douglas's decision. If it was Joe Douglas's decision and he still like Zach Wilson, he might have not gone out and traded for Aaron Rodgers this past year. So is it Woody Johnson, the owner's decision? I know some people have thought that maybe it has something to do with the owner. And Woody Johnson was enamored with the arm talent and, Hey, you guys used the pick on this kid, so you have to, you know, you have to keep him around. When they should have had a competent backup quarterback, whether it was Mike White, who you guys have as a competent backup, or whoever, it could have been anyone. They could have gone and traded for Josh Dobbs with a six-round pick, but they waited until it's too late, and that was the ultimate failure because I think this team, even at four and six, could have had a successful year this year and maybe still can, but now the chances are really limited because you waited too long and you didn't make a change at the most important position when you had the opportunity. So real quick follow-up. So you brought Mike White up. Good point. You give $8 million to Dalvin Cook. You didn't. You don't think that Mike White would be more valuable? Oh, 100%. Like some, there's some neglect. Somebody has to take accountability. And it doesn't seem like 
nobody is like they're just are we as Rogers is injured so that's our excuse yeah yeah the the reality is that once you went out and got Aaron Rodgers you opened a three-year Super Bowl window and this is one of those three years you don't know if CJ Mosley and and Quincy Williams are going to be the number one and two ranked linebackers in the league again you don't know if Quinn Williams is going to be a top three ranked defensive lineman in the league again you don't know this defense is going to be the playing the caliber that they're playing right now maybe a guy gets hurt next year you had to take an opportunity of every opportunity you get right and every year is a new opportunity and it felt like once rogers went down they kind of punted on the season we're like all right well at least we have an excuse rogers went down and ultimately it's going to be aaron Rodgers who decides who's accountable for all this if rogers wants woody johnson or if rogers wants sorry robert sala back next year he'll be back next year if roberts if rogers wants Joe Douglas back next year. He'll be back next year because ultimately they handed the keys over to Aaron Rodgers and said, here, this is your franchise. You can bring, bring your friends in, bring in Lazard and Cobb and bring in Nathaniel Hackett and all your guys and Billy Turner at right tackle. Who's unplayable. And Tim Boyle as the backup who has one career touchdown pass in college at the college level. He had only one career touchdown pass in three years. Like this is the guy who's starting for them now because he's a friend of Aaron Rodgers. So I just, Again, I'm, I never thought I'd turn on Aaron Rodgers because I've been a Rodgers fan long before he was a Jet. I, I know some people don't like him. I always loved him. But I just think that at this point, you kind of just said, all right, Rodgers got hurt, so let's just punt it away and we'll figure it out next year. And that's such a disservice to your fans. It's a disservice to the players on your team. It's a disservice to the coaching staff and to everyone. It's just, just a total franchise organizational failure from the top down. Uh man, if to me, you guys got exposed twice. Because when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, if you would have had a confident, at least a third round worthy quarterback play, playing skill set wise, you guys would have been a, you guys would have been afloat. And yep. then the Dalvin Cook move to me, I think that was like a spiteful move to Miami instead of getting a right tackle or somebody to help Aaron Rodgers. That. Look, Dalvin Cook, uh, what's what's homie's name? Uh, Randall Cobb. All that money you guys allocated to those guys could have been allocated to keeping Aaron Rodgers healthy. And I and I think the curse of Aaron Rodgers is is that even that, even Hackett Hackett to me Hackett's your next coach. I don't I, to me that's gonna be your next head coach. I see. I can see I, it. I, yeah. I'm outside, but I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Like I've been an Aaron Rodgers fan since Cal. I know how he moves. So to me, I see Nathaniel Hackett and in Green Bay's East. But to me, in order to make it work, that something has to something has to give. He has to give a little bit of leeway because he has to get protected. Lazard Wilson, that's fine, but we gotta get you guys gotta get protection. If not, it's gonna be the same thing next year. Yeah, and that's the thing with with the offensive line. Like I said, there wasn't really a ton to go after in the offseason necessarily. Uh, free agency wise as far as the offensive line now where they really could have made a move was it would have been nice if in the draft they went and got a right tackle or a left tackle and what ended up happening was they had someone sitting there that they wanted to draft and because they moved down two picks with the green bay packers they then traded the new england patriots traded out of their pick with the pittsburgh steelers so the pittsburgh steelers could go get an offensive tackle and the jets kind of like we're caught with their pants down like, oh, no, what do we do now? And they're like, uh, I guess we'll just take Will McDonald, 
who is a defensive lineman who could barely see playing time because of how deep the Jets defensive line is. And by the way, Will McDonald, when he's played, has been fantastic. He's barely right. getting on the field. So that's where they made the mistake in the draft, really, where they just didn't account for another team jumping them to get the tackle that they wanted in the draft. And ultimately, the Steelers got him, and he's playing really well for them. Uh, we we celebrated that trade. Like, as Dolphin fans, oh. we when that trade happened in the draft, like, yes! And I still would I still would have told you you guys would have taken Dalton today, Kincaid the, the, the tight end because you get nothing out of your tight end something something because well I mean w- Conklin and Ruckert have been good but it's just that the, the thing is you have no one to get them the ball they they look good with every other quarterback so I, I it's hard to know it's hard to just look the wide receivers had 16 total yards on Sunday and they all came from the last two drives that Tim Boyle had. So, and we know that Garrett Wilson is one of the best receivers in the league. I really believe that. And we just haven't seen him play with a competent quarterback. You know, his games that he's had when he played with even Mike White, who's, I don't know, I wouldn't say a superstar. He's probably middle to bottom of the road he's NFL better quarterback. Zach, he's better than Zach. Of course, anyone's better than Zach. I'm better than Zach. That's not the point. Like, <laughs> Zach is extremely talented, but doesn't have it between the years and that's that's it like sometimes that's what it takes to be an nfl quarterback it's about what's going on upstairs and processing the game quickly and he just doesn't and he's a good kid and i don't want to pile on him it's not his fault i'm sure he works hard it's he's just some people aren't cut out for it and unfortunately he's not and, and that's okay like he'll ride off into the sunset he'll get another opportunity in the league somewhere else someone's gonna think you they know, can fix him, know, and then eventually he'll retire and he'll write a book about how the jets failed him all right like, that's He's fine. Marcus Mariota to me. I don't even think that. Marcus Mariota had success in this league. Marcus Mariota, look, I... he's he's Jamarcus Russell. Like, he's not mm. even Marcus Mariota. Like, Jules. you know, I wanted that's to talk to Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf works for us at Odyssey also. He has a podcast. I'm pretty sure that he hosts for, for Odyssey. And I want to talk to him because Ryan Leaf always says, like, he never got it because he, he had all the talent in the world and he feels like he didn't work hard enough and he got himself into bad habits and – that's what ultimately failed him. I wonder what he thinks about Zach watching Zach because I don't, like I said, I think it's, it's not even, I don't want to put Zach in a category where he's, you know, not trying hard. I think he is trying hard. I think he works hard. I think he cares. I just think when he can't translate what he does in the practice field and what he does Monday through Saturday, he can't translate that to Sundays and some people can, some people can't, but I think it's fairly evident three years in that he can't. And by the way, last year, he already like we already knew he couldn't last year when they made him. They relegate him to the third string quarterback last year. It's not even like they benched him. How does a guy go from the starter to the third string quarterback twice? This is the second time now that you've made him that he's so unplayable that you decided he's not even backup worthy. And yet going into this year, he was your backup. Like that is that's just malpractice on the Jets franchise. Hey, Ronnie. You, 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 you went from Todd Bowles, now you got Tim Bowles. What, what does this game mean for Salah, and what does this game just kind of mean for you all just moving forward? And it's not even this game. It's, it's the rest of the season, but it starts, obviously, with this game on Friday. You can't have another repeat situation of Buffalo. You can't have a game where you come out just unprepared and – you know, the team's defeated. They know that Zach's not good enough. So I understand where the team's coming from. They feel like this defense, we've given it our all all year and we got lucky to win a bunch of games late. But, you know, I'm a season ticket holder. I am I was there against, you know, to watch them barely squeak out a win against Philly, to watch them 
lose the way they lost and not even be competitive against a team in the Chargers that's now lost two weeks since then and their defense can't stop anyone. This is about pride. And I hate to go back to it, but let's go back to the 2013 season. The Jets were not very good. And they, I think at that point, maybe they were, I can't remember, but I think they were something like four and eight or five and eight that season. And I'll look it up, but they rattled off a bunch of wins at the end. And that's what ultimately saved Rex Ryan's job because the team looked at each other and said, let's play for this guy. If we want this guy to be here next year, and Bilal always tells me as an athlete, when you're in the room, you know that if the head coach leaves, that means he's going to take some guys with him and the coordinators are going to go and everything changes. And all of a sudden your security, your lifestyle, everything changes if the head coach gets fired. So these guys, if they really care about what he, what uh, about um, Robert Sala, which I believe the guys do, I think they'll fight for him. I think they'll play for him. And I think that's what they're playing for the rest of the year. And look, who knows? Maybe they win three of their next four games, and then Aaron Rodgers is like, I think I could come back and win a few games for us at the end of the year. But I think it starts by just fighting for your head coach, by showing some pride. And at the same time, if you're not going to fight for your head coach, if you think this season's done, look at yourself and say, here's my opportunity. I have seven games now to put something on tape for the rest of the league to see me. If I'm going to be somewhere else next year, let me show off what I got. Does this game does this game look like anything that could get out of control? I I bring that up because I you bring up the Miami Dolphins and Tua kind of mentioned in his press conference, you know, just being able to execute at a high level and just his standard to execute and his execution in that last game wasn't where it needed to be. So with this team coming in offensively looking to, you know, kind of make some of their wrongs right. If this game gets out of control, how bad could it get? Well, what's funny is Mike McDaniel said this after the game, and I watch almost all of Mike McDaniel's press conferences just because I love him. Like, I'm I, I'm not a Dolphins fan, as you know. I'm a big Jeff fan. But uh, I love Mike McDaniel. I think you guys have the right coach there. And after the game, when people asked him, they're like, so, you know, your, your offense wasn't really up to par. He's like, we had 400 yards of offense. I I'm glad to know that that's the standard now that we've raised the standard to the point that you think 400 yards is not up to par. Now I know they couldn't finish drives against uh, Vegas and that's frustrating, but anytime you look at an offense as high powered as the dolphins and even with a chains out, but you still have Tyreek Hill, it can get out of hand fast, right? It, it, it's two plays. And all of a sudden you guys are running up the score. Like you've done on a lot of the bad teams in the league this year. So this is an opportunity Are the jets. Are you guys one of the bad teams in the league and the dolphins are just going to run up the score on you? Or are you better than that? And can you make something happen? And if the offense isn't moving the ball, the jets offense, the way they haven't been moving the ball all season, then you're going to keep giving the dolphins more and more and more opportunities. And if you give them more opportunities, eventually they're going to come through on offense because that offense is too high power to slow down for uh, an entire 60 minutes. Let me ask you a quick question. Um, from the from the Jets' perspective, what is your and I I try I ask this question to all of our guests that come on from a Jets fan perspective. Obviously, you've, you've watched plenty of football. What is your opinion of our quarterback? Since obviously you you're the, the Jets are having some quarterback issues. What is your opinion of Tua? He's inconsistent. He's not asked to do too much. Uh, I think if you know. If you needed him to go out and win a game for you where it's like, hey, the defense is struggling today. The receivers aren't getting a ton of separation. It's on you. He's not going to win you those games. 
but at the same time, he's good enough and has enough talent that if everything is going right around him, he can look like an MVP. So uh, that's really kind of, he's kind of that sliding scale where some days when the run game is just clicking the way it's been this year and you're throwing it to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and they're just wide open deep downfield, some days it is going to look incredible. And then some days it's going to look like the way it looked against Kansas City and their defense. And it's like, you feel like, why are we grinding our gears right now? Why can't we get it going? Um, and sometimes it's it's just weird with him because sometimes he feels like the most accurate quarterback. And then sometimes like he can't even throw it outside the numbers on the opposite hash. Like, so it's it's interesting with him. I'm not even sure um, how to evaluate him. And ultimately, the ultimate question with him has been and continues to be health. And it sucks that people still bring this up, but it's part of your resume now. It's who you are. It's who you've become because you've been this for so long in the league. You've been a guy who can't stay healthy. And whether it's the concussions, whether it's other things across the league, um, injuries he had going back to college, if he can stay healthy, I guess he's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback who, in the perfect situation, can be a superstar. Like a Joe Flacco type, you know? Joe Flacco turned to the best quarterback in the league for a month, and the Ravens won a Super Bowl, you know? Um, and that's not to say Joe Flacco was bad before that. Joe Flacco was a good quarterback. He was just, just wasn't that top tier, and then he turned into that top tier for a month. So I do I think Tua can do that, where for a month he can be one of the best quarterbacks in the league and win you a Super Bowl? Sure. Uh, I just don't think he'll consistently be that. Okay, so you say he's inconsistent. What quarterback in the league has been consistent every 17 games? It's not even about a 17-game thing. That's why I bring up the passing where it's like sometimes it's a it's a play-to-play thing where it's like he throws a ball that's just a duck, and you're like, how do you throw that throw, miss a wide-open receiver, and then the next play you come back and you're catching Tyreek Hill in perfect stride and it's looking great. Like that's where I mean inconsistent. It's it's almost like an ability thing of inconsistency. Not even yeah, but sure. It, Patrick but you Patrick Mahomes against, has games where he struggles. It's rare, but it happens. You mentioned against the, but you mentioned against a team that last night Dallas Hurts struggled. Oh for right. sure. I, I and I think the Chiefs defense has been incredible this year. Um no, you're you're hundred percent right on that. But in that game, still Tua had an opportunity to go win that game and he missed the throw on a guy who was wide open when he had Wilson wide open down the left sideline and he just misses it. He didn't miss him. He thought he was running a different route. Right. Okay. That, that came out after, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it, that doesn't really come out to the I guess to the mainstream media or media outside of you know, right. Um, that's yeah. Be... That's difficult. That you asked yeah. me from my perspective as a Jets fan. And no, I... no, no. The, yeah, I, the yeah. reason I asked is just because obviously you guys are having and have had quarterback issues for quite a long time. Oh, would I take oh, two eyes? My quarterback, I take him today over any quarterback I've seen the Jets have I, in the last twenty years. Like I, I wasn't going to ask that, but I'm yeah. glad you. you know. like, I'm like, look, but I, I think, look, it's it's okay, dude. Like it's okay that. The quarterback's not perfect. Okay, he has. Yeah, he doesn't have to be Burrow. Exactly. So it's okay. He could be Kirk Cousins and go win you a Super Bowl. Yeah, bro. That's fine. As a Dolphin fan, as a Dolphin fan, man, I feel like 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 that question is is asked, and some people don't even like asking because they they're so scared to disagree or like to have a critique to it. Like, bro, he's not perfect. If he was perfect, every no one's perfect. So if you if, if, if if I seen the same damn throws like how you 
How you hit Tyreek perfect and next thing you can't make the throw it? You got to work on that. That's something he has to work on. That's his inconsistency. That's it, bro. I feel like Dolphin fans have made it illegal to, like, criticize Tua. And, it, it, and it's so annoying. No, I was fine with it, but the inconsistent part. But that can be said about every quarterback. This is the NFL. Nobody's going to have a perfect game. That's my point. Like, the other things he said, spot on. But the inconsistent is what I have to push back on because Mahomes hasn't been consistent this season. They they went three straight games without scoring points in the second half. Yeah, but if, 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 if MVS catches a pass, right, if – Right, but uh, if Tyreek catches that pass, I, I promise you, if Mahomes is if if Mahomes is still throwing to Tyreek Hill, they have the number one offense in the league right now. Like I, I can well, wait, guarantee wait, wait, wait. that. I can say the same thing in the games we lost. If Tyreek didn't fumble that screen or and then drop the ball in the Eagles, that was seven. That game is a different outcome. Like we can oh, say the sure. same thing. Yeah, no, there's always plays here and there that that you can point to. That's that's a hundred percent true. I I just you know to. The track record you're, you're talking about when you're comparing him to some of the elite quarterbacks in the league. And that's what I'm saying is that when you compare him to some of the elite quarterbacks in the league, those are the guys who do it on a weekly basis every single game. And it's very, very rare. You know, prior to the last three games, you know how many times Mahomes hasn't scored in the second half in his career in over 100-something starts? Do you know how many times it happened? I'll give you the answer. Twice. That's it. So this is a guy who... I don't know why they're. Did you see those balloons? That looked fantastic. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> I have no idea what that was. That was kind of weird. I think when I held up the fingers, for some reason it, it just we got balloons. But um, oh, okay. yeah, twice. So yeah, Mahomes was inconsistent twice in the previous 100 something starts of his career. So what? yeah, when you talk about inconsistent, it's a little bit more drastic with with a guy like a like a Joe Flacco, like a Kirk Cousins, and like a Tua Tagovailoa, who again. I would take over any quarterback that I've seen play for my team outside of four snaps of Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Rami, really quick, let's 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 flip to the defensive side of the ball. Let, let, I, Cause I know that's your bread and butter. That that's your offense and defense. That's mm-hmm. the way you're gonna win the game if you ever win this game, is your defense. How what in my mind, I say 24 points, 21 to 24 points kind of takes the steam out of your defense. How long do you see those guys kind of fighting that fight of faith before they kind of, you know, start making business decisions? It sucks because it depends on the offense. And it's not even business decisions. CJ Mosley had such a had a play that was such a poignant play in the game because uh, it was a third and eight, I want to say, and they threw it short over the middle. And the receiver had an opportunity or CJ Mosley had an opportunity to tackle the receiver five yards short of the first down, but instead he punched the ball. And why did he punch the ball? Cause he doesn't trust this offense to go out there and score. So he's like, I can't just get a stop here. I need to get a turnover here because I don't trust this offense to do anything. And then instead he still got the tackle, but instead of it being five yards short, it was only a yard short. And that's when they went for it on fourth and one and ultimately scored that long touchdown. The bills did so to, to secure down the sideline. So, that's the type of thing where it's like everyone else is trying to make up for the ineptitude, ineptitude of the offense. So when you talk about the defense, it's almost like they have to over, you know, uh, overcome a bad offense. And so what I think is that if the offense is looking not even sharp, if the offense is looking competent to a certain extent, I think the defense will keep fighting. Um, 
but like you said, you know, one broken play to Tyreek and you're down 17 and all of a sudden the offense is turning the ball over and they can't pick up first downs. They're the worst first down. They're the worst team at picking up first downs since I think the 70s in the NFL, 22% this year, which is wild. Um, and so if that's happening again, yeah, I think the defense might start making some business decisions, especially four days after another, five days after another game. I might be ready to go home and eat some leftover turkey. <laughs> what as as far as this game coming up on on uh, on Friday? What do you think are the keys for the Jets to be able to come out victorious here? Considering you know the landscape, who you're playing, and the offenses and defenses, the improvement on defenses for us. What do you think the keys to the Jets' victory are? Control the turnover battle. This is simple for the Jets. When they win the turnover battle, they actually win which is crazy, but it it's almost a detriment to them that they are so heavily reliant on the turnover margin, but it's been this year's when they win the turnover margin. That's how they beat Philly. Philly turned, no one wins when you turn the ball over four times the way Philly did. Right. And the jets didn't turn the ball over in that game. Now I think Tim Boyle is better than Zach Wilson, even if he's bad. So if they can go 32% instead of 22% on third down and they don't turn the ball over and they force one or two turnovers in this game, they can win this game. Uh, do I think that will happen? Probably not because if I'm the Dolphins, my game plan would be just run and run and run and run and maybe a couple of play action passes, but I wouldn't even throw the ball more than 15 times in this game because I won't. I, that's the best way to give the Jets defense an opportunity to go make a play. I think if I'm the Dolphins, like I'll run the ball over and over again and then let the Jets offense screw it up on their own and not give their defense an opportunity to make a play for the offense. So that's how teams have been playing the last few weeks against the Jets since that Philly game, really. If the Dolphins play super conservative in this game, and it's going to suck for Mike McDaniel to have to do that and then have to answer questions, even if they win, about, oh, your offense didn't look like it was firing on all cylinders again for the second consecutive game. Well, Mike McDaniels is a smart guy. He's going to have to swallow his own pride and say, Maybe today all we need is 300 yards and 200 of them can come on the ground and that's going to get us a victory. Whereas maybe if we have 300 yards passing in this game, but Tua throws two picks, all of a sudden we're losing this game, even though we have more yards and more output on offense and more points. Um, so like I said, for the Jets, win the turnover battle, convert some third downs, maybe score a touchdown. I know that's like a crazy revelation for this team, but uh it would be nice if they could score a couple touchdowns they have one in the last three games yeah i know these guys have have had some trouble scoring so I, I at least i'm personally looking at it you know if you get up you know 17 maybe 20 or or, or whatnot i i don't see unfortunately I, I don't see it being much of a game and i do agree with you to a certain extent i have a ball control because uh, i personally have a lot of respect for the jets defense and i'm sure the dolphins do as well um what uh to me to me it's gonna be the same to me we're gonna have the same game we saw on friday between the raiders and the dolphins you're gonna have the same game being played so a little bit a little bit of more wrinkles or whatnot but that's the same game it's it's i'm not saying the caliber of defense is the same but it, the, the 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 raiders defense is pink is playing quite well and the offense is about the same and i mean they they have josh jacobs you have a good running game the quarterback gets, I mean, it's, it's a question mark. They have a good wide receiver, Devontae Adams. You guys have Gary Wilson. So it's pretty much the same kind of approach. So I'm expecting a, a same defensive smash my game. And 
to be completely honest with you, that's the only way. I don't know if it's like a a, a knock or or res, an ode to respect to the Jets, but that's the only way you're gonna be the Jets. You gotta make it an ugly, rigorous game, bro. Because that defense, you you give it's like it's, you're saying you give that defense chances to make a play, and they're gonna make a play. The offense is not gonna capitalize, but the defense will. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect from this offense, right? Like, Aiden O'Connell, I watched him the previous week. It looks like he's staring down Devonta Adams every time. And by the way, if I was playing in an NFL game and they threw me in there and I'm an undrafted rookie, I'd be I'm like, I'm throwing to Devonta Adams yeah. every freaking time. Of course, you know? of course, yeah, yeah. But uh, and you know, he made he let his receiver go make a play, made his tight end make a play. Michael Mayer's, you know, a young kid also who's been good. So yeah, I, I think like. I don't know what to expect from this Jets offense at all. And maybe that's a good thing for the Jets. Maybe that's a positive. There's no real tape on Tim Boyle. And yeah. so maybe that can they can get a couple first downs, score a couple touchdowns, uh, and he'll look good because there really is no tape on him. And maybe that's where the Jets offense gets a little lucky on a short week against the Dolphins. If the Dolphins, you know, when they played the Thursday night game, I assume it's the same for a Friday. There's never been a Friday game before. But, you know, when you play the Thursday night game, I've been told that the previous week's practice and the, the Dolphins had the bye week, so it actually works in their favor. Um, the previous week's practice, you would really prepare two game plans. You'd prepare for Sunday and you prepare for Thursday. Um, and I'm sure with the bye week, Mike McDaniel was kind of watching Jets game planning and he was watching Vegas Raiders game planning. And it, I guess it helped him that they played against each other the pri prior week. Right. But uh if you're prepping for Zach Zach Wilson now it's a totally different game plan like if I'm prepping for Zach Wilson like I just blitz him a thousand times put seven guys up on the line every single time confuse him even if you're only sending four put seven on the line every single time so that he has no idea what's going on because he has no idea where the he now he doesn't know where his coverage is you know we, we we've seen times where this twice this year has happened where once he went down because he thought there was pressure on him he just sat down against the Patriots and there was no no one near him, and he took a sack. And then on Sunday, he had a play where they set up the screen, and the second the screen wasn't there, he had plenty of time, and he also had 20 yards of green grass in front of him to just run, and he just threw it into the dirt because the initial play didn't work. So if I was going against Zach Wilson, it would be like, oh, confuse the hell out of him. You're not going to be able to confuse Tim Boyle as easily. He's going to get the ball out of his hands quickly. So you might want to just load up on guys in the secondary. It might be a completely different game plan. So maybe that actually works in the Jets' favor. They get lucky. But ultimately, it's going to come down to, yeah, can the Jets go out and make, I think, two or three plays on defense, maybe a defensive score in order to win this game. I think if the Jets don't get a defensive score or the type of turnover that sets them up with field position inside the 30, they're not going to win this game. Well, that's uh, for me personally, I think that's disappointing because the, the, we've always had these you know epic battles between the Dolphins and the Jets. and the That, that certainly can happen, though. Like they can get this defense can get turnovers, but. It, it it really that's why I say the arrogance of Josh of Mike McDaniel is going to be tested here because if he feels like he needs to have a big offensive output and a big offensive game and prove a point, I think that will be his to his detriment ultimately because then there's more of a chance for Jets defense to go make a play. Whereas if he can play conservative and just ride the game out and get a win, then I think they'll actually have a better chance of winning this game. I think had this been last year, I would have been with you on fully, fully on with you with with this one. But pretty much, we had a bad offensive showing against the Chiefs, 
we weren't so crazy with the the, the, the game before that. So coming off of bye week, you would think Mike would want to put 400 passing yards and go go crazy. And he, the injury to Achan and to Achan kind of deterred the game plan, but he still ran the ball. And he must have, well, he had like 16, 17 carries. So he, I, I kind of side on the on the on the on the on the side of like he might he kind of knows that he can't be playing these kind of games anymore specifically with a jet team that's playing for everything and everything's on the line right now. So if you get cute, you're gonna get burned. So that's the conundrum. Do you want to get cute and get burned, or you want to make it to the playoffs? Because you, the Jets defense is not a defense you come you you get cute with. Just play smash mouth until they get tired because the offense is so un, unpredictable. You get your you get your shots. In that game, yeah, you're right. Moster did run the ball 22 times, but Tua still threw the ball 39 times. Like, he threw it almost 40 times, um, and they had 325 yards of, of offense passing the ball, which, again, that, that's good. That That's that's why after the game, he's like, we were actually good on offense. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't translate on the scoreboard, and that's frustrating. The Jets, on the other hand, were bad on offense all these weeks, and they were winning a couple of games here and there, and it finally caught up to them. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the – like I said, I, I think Mike McDaniel is a smart enough coach that he's going to go out there and he's not going to try and put up a ton of points. He's going to try and win a football game. So uh, that helps you. Well, Rami, man, thank you so much for your time. Let me ask you a quick question as, as, as we as – we... Get ready not to close it out because we play you all again in, a, I guess, in a couple of weeks. So we'll be doing this again. Yes, sir. But on, on the way out the door, give me a score prediction. You know what's frustrating for me? Um, Monday, I would have told you this is this is over. This team sucks. I got nothing for you. This And then Tuesday, they start to pull you back in. It's like, well, this defense is so good still. They're going to fight. Yeah, I, I saw your loyal. tweet. I read your yeah. tweet. I'm just like... How do they do this every freaking week that they just find a way to pull you back in? All that said, I do think the defense will show up, uh, but I think ultimately it'll start to get out of hand late. I say um, 24-13 Dolphins. Okay. All right, all right. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm tired of saying 50. I'm, I'm tired of saying 50 20 <laughs> points. So I'm, I'm waiting for the 24-13. I don't, I don't think we're going to score that many points. Unless unless it's like, like – snowball effect and you guys just unraveled the Jets defense is once again there's is nothing to play with so 24-13 is pretty much right probably yeah maybe 27 yeah I think Tim Boyle will give you one and then you know so if you get a if you get an interception at least from him then that that sets you up pretty good and then I think the Jets might score their offense might move the ball a little better but ultimately I don't think it's going to be enough to keep up and then another late score by the Dolphins will probably put it out of reach all right, Rami. Thank you so much for your time, my guy. We appreciate you for coming through, and we'll definitely be doing this again soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Hey, we'll be in touch, man. Appreciate it.